Laura Palmer is dead, a <laughs> Twin Peaks podcast. I'm Kelly, here with Pound. Hello. Melissa. Hi. And Nate. Hello. <laughs> um, we were doing a little Kill, Fuck, Mary experiment, of course, around Dougie, Evil Coop, and Special Agent Dale Coop. Pretty easy question, because there's kind of only one answer, which is... Who you kill? Oh, you kill you Dougie. Kill <laughs> but Dougie's a good person. I know, but that's where it gets tricky when you kill Evil Coop. Well, no, but you who do you want to fuck good you? Sex, you, yeah. Yeah. you marry Special right. Agent Dale Cooper. You marry Special Agent Dale, of course. Fuck Evil Coop and kill Dougie. I don't yeah. think Dougie deserves to die, though. But that's not, you can't, you're thinking of this wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Kill, fuck, Mary is all, the fuck, it, you have to think of it, it's just the one fuck. That's what you get with this person. You know, it's all about that. You can't think about the kill is just who you don't want to fuck. It's survival Yeah. Nate, you don't understand them. the game. Well, no, they die, but... <laughs> A gruesome, horrible death. <laughs> Burned <laughs> <Let's>... alive. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Let's rock. Buried alive would be more. Would be worse. Well, to each their own. That's true. Guys, we're talking about part 12 today <laughs> of The Return. Um, the title or description is Let's Rock. And we start out right away in Dakota with Gordon and Tammy and Cole. And Tammy is being inducted into the Blue Rose Society. <laughs> we get some nice exposition. Lovely delivery from Albert, as always. But let's also discuss how it's with red curtains, red wine, and Gordon has a weird red boxy machine that he's making right. sure no one's around. And I'm, I'm always confused about where their location is here. Is this their hotel? Because that is a really nice, like, boutique hotel like you'd find in Portland if we're in Dakota. That's a little confusing. And then they're... Don't, don't they mention Gordon's wine cellars? Well, yes. Gordon has, like, a famous wine cellar. We're learning more and more that Gordon's a big wino. He's got, like, his Bordeaux. He always has a wine for every occasion. But it does seem like a hotel in... The, yeah, it seems like uh, a hotel, but, like, a very nice hotel. He had a yeah. casino and, you know... Right. Yeah. Could be the finest hotel in North Dakota. Yes. Uh, I mean, who knows? I've only been to a res. We have so. no idea. But, um, so they they the explain to Tammy and also, of course, to the audience about the Blue Rose case. And also do remind us of a plot point from Fire Walk with me, with Chet Desmond, which is like a name you just haven't thought about at all. I literally only knew it because I was looking at um, Twin Peaks prints for my apartment mm. and some kind of like weird, because they do like the whole uh, pinup girls for everyone oh, and Chet yeah. was one of them and I was like, like Who oh, is that's yeah. Chet. Chris Isaac yes, yeah. from Fire Walk With Me. So Chet he was Desmond. like the, the agent that disappeared in Fire Walk With Me. I was telling my colleague at work today, like you really did have to watch Fire Walk With Me to watch. They bring up more stuff from Fire Walk With Me almost than from Twin yeah. Peaks. Not to mention a lot of Philip Jeffries. Like, Philip Jeffries seems to be trying to kill evil coops. So. Right. But a, but he disappeared also. So Yeah, he's also disappeared. Albert tells Tammy that every other agent in this, like, Blue Rose Society has disappeared except for 
Oh. Him, Albert. And Gordon. Well, Gordon, he didn't mention that Gordon's oh, no, in he it. Oh, I don't think that Gordon okay. is necessarily. I thought Gordon was also in it. But he oversees. No. Okay. He's the supervisor. All right, yes. He, is. he puts their time cards in. You know, he, he like the does their billable. Of this, totally the agent Skinner, <laughs> totally perfect. Interesting. We get I like, know that. <laughs> I, but that's a good way to put it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and he observes. He is part of it, but like not right. Because Agent Skinner has to keep his nose clean so that he can protect his agents. God damn it, Mulder. <laughs> anyway, that was my Skinner impression. It was really good, perking up inside me. Um, and the exposition we get about Project Blue Book, I'm a little torn because a part of me was like, oh, give us some credit that at this point, if we're with you still, we know about Project Blue Book and we don't need this really meticulous description of what it is. But then again, it never hurts <laughs> to right. get a little help it's in nice the world to have, of Toby. Like the yeah backup detail of like this is why it's the blue rose mm-hmm. because of a phrase that some woman uttered. Yeah, and there's a good right. there's a good chance David Lynch didn't want this sort of thing in there. Right, and the, the network was like, yeah, you have to explain some, what the fuck is going on because we're conflicts. real confused. <laughs> they must have because he almost. Quit the project at one point, right, right. but yeah, it's it's so called because of a woman and what she utters right before she dies. But and and the interesting thing is the only Blue Rose case that we know for sure is a Blue Rose case is Laura Palmer's. So I don't know. Originally, my thought with this was like Blue Rose cases are like X Files; they're just unexplained phenomenon. But but it, in all fairness, with Fire Walk with Me, wasn't that Lily? Right, she had a blue rose. Right. She had a blue rose and was explaining that there was a blue rose case, but that wasn't right. Laura Palmer, right? That was Teresa Banks. So there were so which Banks, is tied which to is Laura Palmer. These, right. So I don't know. Blue yeah. rose blue rose cases are cases that the blue book failed to resolve. Right. So right. Oh you're right. They do kind of spell that out. You're yeah. right. Yeah. They're related to supernatural or extraterrestrial You're right. Research. Basically, an X-File. Yeah. Right. So, yes, an X-File. So, I guess it is. And then he says <laughs> right. an interesting, like, line that I think really builds into the mythology. Suggested answers would not be reached except by traveling an alternate path that we've been traveling ever since. Mm-hmm. So, that's where Albert gets his insight into, like, he knows about the Doug Puzz. He knows about the portals. Yeah. and right. A little bit. Mm-hmm. They They are a little bit, like admitting that they're outside the realm of traditional uh police, you know, police work. work yeah fbi yeah, yeah. so it is, it is and i i realized in this episode that why do we have tammy she is our vessel of hearing exposition because if we didn't have tammy it would be two men who know all these things and they don't have to say it to any mm-hmm. you know they don't right, have, like sit in a room and remind themselves to a blank face exactly yes. so it's kind of like could we have had gotten to have a someone. better blank face <laughs> yes i could have emoted a little bit anyone. <laughs> yeah. anyone anyone or a dude i don't know like why does it have to be a sexy girl i guess <laughs> twin peaks wouldn't be complete without one sex pot and yeah. so it's good that we have one. I mean, in all fairness, I just don't think Tammy's that sexy that she's just <laughs> trying too hard, which makes her unsexy. It is endearing to me in this episode how she gets really choked up and touched about being offered this position. And it is kind of She cute. tries to be. 
but she can't because she doesn't know how you to emote. You just will not give Tammy no. a break. Well, like I said, I think she's got like a John Waters sort of yes. Tracy Lord's trashy oh my God, you're right. movie actress totally. look. Those lips that look like they should be lined in like a yeah. darker lip liner <laughs> than the rest of the lip. Totally. You're so right. So then Diane comes in and reminds us what good acting is. <laughs> That's true. She comes through the red curtain. She oh, I love it. that. She looks so theatrical and so angular, you know, like that haircut <laughs> and her clothing. And they dep- deputize Diane. Just because they right, really yes. need her help. And then she confirms it by saying, let's rock. Yeah, and it's a really cool is, sound cue yes. that they do where they kind of it's like they add ambient noise suddenly in, right. and build it a little bit where yeah. it's like distorted we, when she says let's rock. Right. We watch everything with subtitles so we know something's coming beforehand yeah. because of the subtitles describes the music I highly recommend that method. In the background. So you, I was like something's coming, something's <laughs> coming and it's let's rock. Yeah and it was really good. It, she's just so, I was saying I think Laura Dern is the best performance in the show. I mean she's consistently so interesting to watch. She does so much with so little. Mm-hmm. She hasn't had like a dozen lines to her. I mean she's right. had, she doesn't have like a right. We didn't know her arc like we didn't know her personality at all right. coming no, into this. No, so like no. she yeah. really shaped the character into being right. a little more badass than we assumed she would be. Well, right, and was it you or Pat who was saying that? Like, it's just surprising. Yeah, she's just a little harder and yeah. vulgar and like just tough than and what, she maybe. Strength. And maybe she, she does. Maybe she just wasn't vulgar. that tough when. Well, I do think you know, she's but, become uh, a little bit more cynical and hard bitten yeah, because yeah. of her experiences. But it is funny that like there is this trope in detective stories about the gal Friday, who's like the receptionist that's secretly in love with the detective. And, like, just does his bidding. It's like, when will you notice me, Dex? You know, and, like... I like to think of it more of as, like, you have your work husband. Yeah. Like, that was true. always her work husband, where it was like, oh, yeah, I know everything about you because we're work husband and wife. But I also feel like she was a little bit in love with him. Well, who would it be? Right. <laughs> Jesus. I know. It's Probably so amazing. the sweetest man on earth. Then we have one no, quick shot of great. Jerry coming out of the woods. <laughs> yeah. Pat, you and I were in that exact area, I feel, when I we know, were in Snoqualmie. Because we did these hikes Fields. around the Salish Lodge and Spa. We'd love you to sponsor us. Um, <laughs> we loved staying there, which is where the exterior Sorry. of the Great Northern, everyone's freaking alarms. <laughs> we're really popular. Um <laughs> The exterior of the Great Northern shop there, and we'd, we'd, like, hike around, and I know we went into that clearing where he comes out of. Yeah, Like, that was a very distinct... It's like, we were there. Um, I don't... Why are they doing this with Jerry? What do you think the reason for the Jerry scenes are? I feel like it's a little bit comic, like, just to break it up a bit. Yeah, it hasn't added up to anything. Substantially yet that I can tie anything to. I think it's like just to break the tension a little bit. It's just like kind of an in between. This is what's going on randomly in Twin Peaks over here. Here's Jerry, still high, running out of the (laughs) forest. Yeah, with a fanny pack. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm torn about it because on the one hand, I do think there that David Lynch is using this kind of interesting technique where he'll put these repetitive transitional scenes 
in between important big scenes because right after the Jerry scene is when we get Mrs. Palmer in the grocery store, which is a big scene. Mm, yeah. And it's almost like he sets you up to like be at neutral before a big scene happens. And he does that with Jacoby, like Jacoby's um, Dr. Amp stuff, which is literally the same thing every time mm. is like just a re- repetitive, like a meditation to get you back to neutral. Um, and same with like, and it kind of, introduces you back into the Twin Peaks yes, world. Yes, yes. Which I didn't really notice before. But, like, before we hit that Twin Peaks arc, right? it's like, Bring hey, you back in. we're in Twin Peaks again. Yeah. Hey, remember, remember Twin Peaks? So, I mean, it, it works in that respect. You love it. <laughs> now the hardcore shit. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, there's another part of me that thinks... Yes, it's cool. It's a cool way of kind of getting you more present in the moment and getting you ready. But with 18 episodes and precious little time, and we've got 200 some characters, like some of these minutes I just don't want to spend with Jerry running out of the woods. Right. It was, you know? Find the first five episodes and right. now it's like, wait, we only have like six episodes left. There's still a lot of shit that right. we need to tie together. That's a minute and a some half way. that I don't have <laughs> with Mage and Amic or Cheryl and Ben. Right. You know, like, I just, that's kind of how I'm starting to feel about it because now that our characters that we love are in all the episodes, you're like, okay, yeah, it's interesting and it's a good transitional technique, but it also is like time away from plot lines that are major plot lines. Right. So true, I'm wondering true. where we're going with this, but could be nowhere. True to form. It true. transitions into a really important scene, which is, um, Sarah, Sarah Palmer. Palmer in the grocery store buying vodka, vodka and, uh, Bloody, Bloody Mary mix. Yeah. And she notices the turkey jerky is new. Yeah, she says, is it smoked? Yeah. Were you here when they first came? And they give her voice like an echo. Yeah, which is a weird thing to ask about. Subtitles, faint, distorted music. (laughs) Yes. Stuff is happening. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, I I thought this was a great scene. I mean, I do think there's a recurring theme of PTSD and Sarah Palmer. You know, certain things you just don't come back from. And she just would not be a normal right woman. And she does a good job because she's like, okay, I just need to get out of here. Yeah. I need to get out of here. Just stop oh, that's this. That's so tragic. Stop. Go. And she's like, find your yeah. keys. Find. And she's doing right. like, you can tell what her doctor told her to say to herself. Or it's just, it's really sad. And oh, the and teenagers are when, just at a loss. Yeah. Is this when she says like, something bad happened to me? Yeah, something, something happened bad. to me and I don't feel good. Right, right. Yeah, and it's like, ooh. And Something she also bad says, could happen to you. Your room seems different now. The men are coming. Watch out. Yeah. Things can happen. She's definitely seeing yeah. something. Yeah. Sarah is always like a beacon. She always had a, right. a, like a gift. Yes. They said that in the original series. Probably because that bug... Went down her throat. Went down her throat. <laughs> I don't know if that was Sarah Palmer, but... We don't know if I feel like assumed. everyone's just assumed yeah. it. By the way, the total for her groceries was one thirty three seventy. dollars 70 Oh. <laughs> All what very... Does it mean? Well, 3s are big. 3s are big. 7, lucky 7 insurance. I mean, do I have to spell this out for you? Have yes. you been a part of this podcast the whole time? <laughs> 
number theory. What's the theory of it? Well, three's three's are the entrance (laughs) to the portal. Okay. Or the entrance out of the the right entrance out of the black lodge because the threes were how it was a three. Whoever it was, faux Josie. Yeah. Like sacrificed herself to change that one portal from a fifteen to a to three, a so that Cooper could go out okay, into right. the world. All right. So, <laughs> see, I see. And then yeah. sevens are his company's lucky seven insurance. Yeah, there was seven on the Mustang Simons, and the dice. Simon's yeah. is a seven. Mm-hmm. Seven p.m. is when Jacoby does his podcast. His competing podcast, Jacoby, step off. Yeah, <laughs> to you. Seven had, years bad luck for Sarah right. Palmer because I'm sure every time she looks in the mirror it just shatters. <laughs> <laughs> like her shattered broken heart. <laughs> well, yeah, if your husband raped and killed your daughter, you would like not be doing well. She's positively ghoulish. <laughs> this is thirteen, but her her room too is just like a bunch of mirrors on the wall. It's very creepy. Ooh, it's just mostly she's very cigarettes. creepy. And then yeah. when smokes and drinks. Then yeah. is that kid then the kid says like I could take her groceries to yeah. her house. Which like, I'm like, what? And then and then Small something's town. rustling around in her house when a hawk visits <clears throat> her. Right. Yeah, it was that kid tied up on the yeah. table like a <laughs> turkey. I yeah, I'm not so convinced that was that kid. I think it was just like Bob or spirits <laughs> yeah. or something's weird going on. But Evil Coops in the kitchen topic. having a donut and some. There's coffee. some weirdness going on in there. Right. Yeah, something's not right. Because when Hog comes to visit, he's like, "Oh, some old cases." <laughs> I've already yelled about this like multiple times to everyone in this room, but now I'm sharing it with you, <laughs> listeners. Yes. Are dozens of listeners. Um, <laughs> there is only one case that Sarah Palmer is in, and it is the. I mean, I guess Maddie's a case. That is a case. <laughs> Laura's a case, but it right. was that one case where her husband was raping and killing a bunch of people. Yeah, like right. there wasn't like a bunch of. It's like oh, small oh. cases came up weird, and it's like. Hog, it's that one where her daughter died. It was a we poor, all know. poor transition. It's like, oh, I just thought I'd stop by. I remembered this one time. <laughs> yeah. The central yeah. thing that happened in all of our town's history. Let's hope. I mean, I hope it's not like, oh, I barely remember that because of all the other fucked up shit that's happening. Right. Mm-hmm. Bob, we saw that prom picture of Sarah Palmer right. just start crying. Right. Yeah. It's cop uniform. So It's true. They remember. But then Sarah is pretty tough about it. She's like, yeah. It's like, oh yeah. She gives zero fucks at that point, but it's like, it's a goddamn bad story or something. Yeah, like, good line. A it's nightmare. a goddamn bad story. Isn't it, Hawk? Yeah. <laughs> it? And it's like, yeah. At a certain just point, keeps I mean. coming up, though. <laughs> and it's like I see both sides of it. He says, people are worried about you. He's trying to be caring, but. She's got to be like, fuck everyone. Like, my life is fucking horrible. Which is why she's drinking herself to death. I don't in the least bit blame her. I mean, like, you don't bounce back from certain things. You just don't. So, yeah. I mean, and then the only things we skipped were Fat Trout Farm. Carl was being sweet to the guy who donated blood. Chris Skull. Or not donated. 
like sold his blood. Right. Yeah, I sold his blood to pay for his rent. And then Sonny Jim and yeah. Dougie play catch. And oh, Nate, okay. you brought this up. That was the only Dougie scene this mm-hmm. this episode. Right. Where like Sonny Jim least. just hits Dougie because <laughs> Dougie's still Dougie and has just, no reflexes. Just so and no one finds this awkward or weird. People are just like, oh, that's Dougie now. Yeah. Just a stroke victim. Just deal with it. Yeah. Remind us that Dougie is still there. He's still fucked up. Yeah. I don't know. I don't really get it. But in all fairness, it brings back to Kelly's point that she just said. It was the transition scene before we went back to Twin Peaks and before Hawk had this conversation with Sarah about how something's in her... That could be. It's like so a it's pacing just thing. Random moment. Yeah, because yeah. he's trying to like put you in the moment. I think, and it is helpful because the way that I just I don't know about you guys, but my attention span is just shocked. I mean, like I can't get through anything, and so having like a transitional scene to sort of wake up is kind of helpful, or just get <laughs> sort of present. It, it is helpful, but I do wonder. When I'm like, oh, but then on the other hand, are we, like, shortchanging certain plot lines for these little transitional scenes? I mean, I feel like you are, but then it's also more like, oh, like, my heart goes out to Dougie. Right. Or Coops, because I love Coops. I love Jerry and how high he always is now. And then it's (laughs) like, all right, we're back in the Twin Peaks world. Like, here you go. Here's how. True. Now pay attention, and here's all this Twin Peaks Plot. You're right, yeah. And I do think Dougie, there is a sort of sadness to the whole, like, it seems like his eyes are becoming more and more kind of, he seems almost starting to come, starting around. To come around, but he can't vocalize it, and it's like very yeah. sad. Um, so then we get, Di- well, we see Miriam quickly in the hospital. She's dead. She's Which, uh, very, I was very thinking, Ill. you know what, I was thinking that Miriam... Was the new Ronette. Yes. But did she... But That's then, a great point. No, she is the new Ronette. But, totally. But then they know she witnessed Richard hitting the boy, so did she tell someone then? Well, she wrote she that, wrote that, that letter. letter. Yeah, but the dickhead cop intercepted it. But she called first, I think. Okay. Didn't she call, and um, then she wrote a letter just to be sure. Yeah, I, I guess, mean, the jig yeah. is up. They know it's Richard. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so maybe you know. she is just out, but then she... But she's still kind of the, the new yeah. the new Ronette, in right, that she, right. like... Someone she's in a coma. Yeah. In the hospital. I totally see it. I think that's a good call. <laughs> then they cut to Diane, gets a text from Coop, Evil Coop. We don't know it's Evil Coop. We don't know it's Evil Coop, but it's Evil Coop. Saying Las Vegas, question mark. And she says, they haven't asked me yet. Um, and later we get um, Cole. I always do that. I want to call Cole Coop. Uh, we Gordon. get Cole and Albert trying to figure out what haven't they asked her yet. And I think they haven't asked her about her contact with Cooper must be the only thing. Like, I think he must know that they would know, wouldn't he? That's, that's sort of my, my theory right now, is that, like, the thing that they haven't asked is just, are you in contact with Dale Cooper? No, I feel like it's yeah. more, I don't, I don't know if I go with that theory. I think it's more, 
they have it because there's this whole Vegas plot line that we know about, but mm-hmm. like Albert and Gordon don't. Right. Has Mr. Whatever his name is, Mr. Todd, and right. all of that. So there's probably a connection to that to Evil Coop, but I feel like there's steps in between. Well, how about how about the box in New York? Right. right. Okay. Yeah. So it's like, I feel like yeah. Evil Coop is heading everything up, but it's different, like, silent, channels. Yeah. Different fractions. Right. Dealing with different things. And they're like, Las Vegas. Yes. Because and they I, likely don't know what the other channels are doing. Right. Yeah. Because he's smart. He wouldn't be stupid enough. But that's, that's my thing is like, he must know then that his texts are being intercepted. Like, he would know that. Wouldn't he? I don't know. That's something to consider. I don't know. I would think he... I don't know. That's... But he doesn't know that they may have hacked Diane's phone. Right. That's true. All they're seeing is his incoming and her outgoing. Yeah. But they don't know what his... And he keeps switching phones. We find that out in the next episode. No, he keeps switching phones. Yeah. He's been doing that. Yeah, I guess it's possible. Either way, um, we have a great scene with... Um, ben Horn and Sheriff Truman, who comes to yes, Sheriff Frank Truman, <laughs> who comes to the Great Northern to tell Ben that his fucking dick grandson <laughs> is an even bigger douchebag than Ben ever imagined, and we <laughs> we get some really good Ben secret sadness moments. Yes, and now his secret is not a secret; it's this grandson that he has among but it, other it could things, also be something with audrey too could be audrey too but i love i mean like he says richard that boy has never been right the second he even hears the yeah, name richard yeah, yeah. which i'm like that's a really insightful and everything do you think parents know little. your children's a sociopath and like no, I think about that a lot. Come, like uh, piling on top of each other, where it's like, oh, well, yeah. Nate, you have a they... sociopath cat. When did you know that your cat was a sociopath? You know, you should be careful what you say about. <laughs> I know he can hear. I know I'm going to be. We the may first all be marching one. down those back stairs into the basement for the next. Uh, well, I don't know. <laughs> I want you to stay down there if uh, a nuke. Well, and, oh, and Big Kitty uh, like, will definitely uh, eat my face in years? 30 seconds. <laughs> but, like, seriously, when did you know your cat was a sociopath? Uh, he acts completely different around me. I know, He's just I know. my little baby, so. He's your little sweet baby. <laughs> it's the one that just hissed at me when I walked in, right? <laughs> yes. Crap. Crap. I wouldn't necessarily say it. Yeah, it was it more of a thro- throaty, like, Howl, I would say. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I mean, my cat's kind of crazy, but, like, it's good in his heart. It's amazing, though, you know, the number of people that will slowly reach out and touch a cat that's missing and howling at them. And I'm one of those It's not a good idea. Lots of, everybody does. I know. Then I just no. get a cat wrapped around my arm. I'm like, this is fine. Look how sweet it is. Oh, I'm one of those parents. Oh. <laughs> Evil Never cat parents. Yeah, so you understand what it feels like to have your sweet baby Richard that just people don't understand what a sweet kitty is, really. Um, but, yeah, and, and I like, too, how he describes just escalating criminal activity for Richard. Right, like he, right. You know, 
nothing major in crime, but each time it got worse. And he just kind of like lets go a little bit in front of the sheriff and shares a little Mm -hmm. bit of his pain. Yeah, and then he talks about his old twin bike that his dad gave him. Yeah, when Beverly comes in. When Beverly comes in. Starts crying. Yeah. Yeah. Right. He gives, uh, I think it's a, it's a really touching scene too. He gives um, Truman the key to the Great Northern that Jade had sent in the mail. Right, yeah. To and give to, to, to Harry. Harry. Yeah. Harry. Yeah. Because yeah. he, he says, I thought he might want a memento. And they're both very wistful in that scene because Truman says something about, that's interesting, a new, you know, we've been looking into a case he was involved in. And Ben says... It's the one case. Right. It's the, the one, one case. Fucking case. In the whole town. That <laughs> Cooper came into town for. Right. Let's just... Let's not... We're on this... Right. Oh, and then, something about him just came up. Oh, the fucking Laura Palmer case? The only case that he was here for? Well, and then it the... really angers The interesting thing really is, too, annoying. like... Oh, that case. The one that Ben was charged for at one point... <laughs> Also, in relation to this case, his daughter was kidnapped and addicted to and then, heroin. And yeah, I mean, like Ben knows this case, Truman, better than you do a little bit. Right. Like it, it just and but Ben just sits there and he's like, I thought so, in this really wistful way where I'm like, <laughs> it does make me think that the other Ben's secret sadness is that he and Audrey have disconnected for whatever reason, like. They don't have a relationship anymore. Right. Right. Because when we left Audrey, she was going to be the heir to this fortune. Yeah. And they were great. Around. She was like daddy's little perfect princess mm-hmm. and doing right. his bidding and going to. forget that you try to sleep with me. Breakfast confabs in <laughs> Seattle. And then right. all of a sudden. Yeah. Now, so. But yeah, she was blown up. So we don't know how she behaved. Like. Right. How that changed her. Right. How so. that. What her. What the deal is. And Ben does say Richard never had a father, which I think is important, you know, in his opinion. Richard never had a father. And then he tells that sweet story about his father got him a Schwinn. Ah, yes. And we've we've been talking, me and Melissa, a lot about this little scene because there's a lot of subtext since Ben. He'll say, like, he says Richard never had a father, and then there's, like, the longest pause in the world. And then he goes into the Schwinn story, and... Richard Beamer is such, I mean, he's such a good, compelling, sweet, interesting actor. Like, just great. Yeah. I love this scene. I think he just really nails it. But I I thought that there was some regret on Ben's part or some guilt around not being there enough for Richard. It was kind of the vibe I got. Right. And I think... In the initial scene with him and Truman, where he's giving the key, I think I was hoping for a little bit more of the old Ben flair, where uh-huh. I thought it was a little more manipulative. It could have been read as more, well, I have this key, and he's like, oh, that's weird. I kind of want that key. Right. Should I give you this key, you know, for Harry? He's like, yeah, give me that key, right. because I need it right now for this other stuff that we're going with. This whole lodge theory. (laughs) Right, there is, you're right. And then when Beverly comes in too, he is vulnerable with her and shares this story. And then as soon as he has that vulnerable moment, he switches into business mode, which I think 
is a typical male response to a, an exposed vulnerable moment. Um, but it's also a strange, like, I just get this impression with Ben, like he's hiding something or, or just trying to suppress something like, well, and I think it's also subtext. If you have a father, you're going to remember everything like he gave you, even though the relationship wasn't great. I love that bike. Right. It was hard to ride. It was this weird color green, but I loved it because he gave it to right. me. Like Richard never had that. So that's why he's really fucked up. Well, an in interesting, way, like single tear from Beverly. Totally. <laughs> I remember too in the episode. So I was always a big when I first watched Twin Peaks. I thought Ben did it, as many did. They make you think that, and there is that scene where Audrey confronts him, which is one of my favorites, where she's back from the One Eyed Jacks, and it's just <laughs> kind of like we're gonna just be honest here, and they're both just being very honest. And she asks some questions, and he answers honestly. And she says, did you kill Laura Palmer? And he says, I loved her. And the way Mm. he says it is exactly the way he says, I loved that bike. And like, I just was reminded of that moment. I know that's just the actor being himself both times. But it was in both cases, they were moments of me really caring for Ben and like sympathizing with Ben Um, and that for the original series was the first time you really do kind of think Ben might not be so bad like he might just be confused and you know lost a little bit Um, and then we get a transitional scene with Cole and a beautiful French girl Um, which I the first time I watched this scene I didn't love it I'm kind of liking it now the French girl scene. I still don't like it. The drawn out. Uh, what do you like about it? <clears throat> I think Beauty it's dance. illustrating her like joie de vie and like enjoyment of life and how we're so wrapped up in all this weird shit and she just wants to be beautiful and drink wine and have a nice <laughs> night. I think and like it's just showcasing that Gordon can get tail that looks really attractive and is at least thirty years younger than him. right, and 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 just and he it does show us that yeah. Gordon is living life to the fullest and like loving his life, whereas Albert is not. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, did it go on too long? Sure, it did. That's I, David Lynch for you, though. right? But I thought yeah. the girl nailed it. I really don't think she could have done differently, and it was a good kind of quirky transitional scene. I know people, I mean, I get it. It was annoying. It was a little annoying. It was pretty annoying. Agreed. (laughs) I'm sure the vast majority of the world would agree with that. Because when I put on my shoes, I don't kick my leg up. No matter (laughs) who I'm with, it just doesn't happen. Where I'm like, one shoe on, kick. Second shoe on, kick. Let me put on some lipstick and then take a big gulp of wine. Right. Maybe you're not living life to the fullest. I guess not. I, I guess know. not. Yeah. He makes a funny pun. I'm a sucker for a pun. You know, puns are always good. But I think the best part of the scene, and really the only reason we have this whole scene, is for Albert to tell Gordon the text message that Diane sent. Yeah. Which yeah. It just shows how Twin Peaks is different because... Other shows, you'd just be like, Diane's going to... It would be like 25 seconds. Not to mention, when they said, what did we forget? They're like, we'll figure it out later. In any other show, they would figure it out right Right. there. 
and they would recap what they've already yeah yeah in a big long sequence right i'm right. watching like a very like yeah. hour-long thing where everything's yeah. like well brother how's it going uh. and you're like i know he's his brother i've been watching this like three seasons in now right. so Stop it. i get it well, it's like... Why do you call him your brother in your journal? That's weird. Yeah, it's just, it's, uh, it always was bad. I mean, like, I remember as a kid when I read the Babysitter's Club books, like, that first chapter that was always, like, re-explaining the whole thing was, I would skip that. Because I was right. like, it's just re-explaining what, if I'm reading, why would I start on book 22? Like, why would I do right. that? You know? Like, right. that's the thing. If you're if you're at this point in Twin Peaks, you are in it. Like there is not no, a person watching yeah, Harry, who's Harry like, Potter is a little bit like that. Too. Yeah. I know what Harry Potter too would do that at first. Then oh, when okay. she got to the later book, she sort of she stopped. stopped doing that. But like at yeah. first it was like, I'm a wizard, you see. And I'm like, are you saying, <laughs> who are you saying this to? <laughs> like, like who, you're, who are you talking to? Yeah. I don't sit in my mind and say like, <laughs> well, I'm a corporate trainer and I'm married to Pat. And like, I don't like remind myself of all these data points in my life that just seem to come up. I mean, I'm just trying to remember what I really needed from Target that day. <laughs> right. And sometimes I just have to email myself. Like, yep. you need these frames. Right. <laughs> That's why I have like on my notes on my phone, it's, both of, it's a mix of fake band names and then things like Febreze and Toothpaste like yeah just it's like things I really want in life and then it's like oh I haven't seen this friend in a while these are things I want to catch up with that right. it's like because I'm getting old and I can't remember anything yeah so I don't know Anywho. French girl <laughs> um so yeah we find out about the text and that's kind of it yeah. but I will say one of the best moments in the series in general is David Lynch saying to Albert, Albert, sometimes I really worry about you. And he says it, I feel, as David Lynch saying it to Miguel Ferrer. I don't know how many R's he has in his name. Passed away. Um, this was his last thing. You know. You roll, you, you roll the R's. I can't do that right now. I can't. <laughs> I can tell you right now it's not happening. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Time, beer, and wine. We'll do that. Yeah, too. yesterday it might have, but oh, um, yeah, it's a really sad line. It's it's very sweet. It's very sincere, and I feel that Cole's meaning behind it is that you know Cole has this zest for life and French women in Bordeaux and you know enjoying life, and then and Albert is just all business and very sad and quiet. Yeah. Although, why doesn't he go with Candace? They're in Dakota. I don't know. But we're not there yet. We're not there yet. We'll find out. But, yeah. <laughs> so, it, it was a really sweet line. And I just, I love their relationship. I think they have a really good relationship. Right. There are Harry and Coop in this. They no. are Harry and Coop. That's why I keep getting him confused with Coop. Mm-hmm. Because he right. is like our Coop in this series. Right. 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 You because know? he's, they're the couple, they're the friendship that we go back to. Right. To like feed off of that yeah. kind of energy of they like. They are the Harry and Coop, yeah. Yeah. We just love it so much because it gives us a sense of calm amongst all the right. portals and the number theory and all this let's crazy shit and yeah let's talk about the fun kill scene oh man Chantal and Hutch are just <laughs> I love that Chantal is just like I'm hangry and I don't want to torture this guy because I'm like want to go to Wendy's all right let's kill go to Wendy's <laughs> like, next stop Wendy's 
Yeah, it's really hard. Yeah, because he shoots the guy once and then shoots him again as the kid's running out. And as the kid's running out and crying and screaming, he's like, Nick's up Wendy's. By the way, when we were in Columbus this weekend, I saw Wendy's on almost every block. Oh my god, so many Wendy's. Let's go to Wendy's. Wouldn't have been, instead of the kid, the boy running out, wouldn't it have been like so meta if it had been a girl with red pigtails? (gasps) Wendy literally lives there. That's amazing. (laughs) You don't see as many Wendy's, though. Wendy's is really good. I know, me too. Um, yeah, Chantal and Hutch are really fun characters because they are, like, pure evil, but they just Coops having the best time. They're just right. having a day. They don't e- give a fuck. Evil Coops yeah. minions, like, this is loyal, their, like, loyal. It's all about, like, spicy Cheetos and sex and yeah. hanging out, just being buds, having a time. The so, other you know, criminals are trying to kill Coop. Yeah. Do you guys so, like spicy Cheetos? I don't. It's too much. Red Hot Cheetos? Yeah. I used to, but... Remember when at Pride, our friend fell into a pool of spicy Cheetos and cops thought she was bleeding? Fell in. (laughs) Yeah. Stuffing her face with... Yeah, because you know how they throw out little bags of things at Pride? Of course, everyone by the end of the parade was like eating their whatever red hot Cheetos. Their loot. Yeah. And so there was like just like a layer of red hot Cheeto dust. My friend was super drunk and she like fell into the Cheeto dust and was like just covered in red hot Cheeto dust. And like some cop came up and was like, we need medical attention. Like he thought she was like dry blood all over Jeez. herself, and and she's like, Bleh. she looked like, up at you and she said, "It ain't easy being cheesy." <laughs> <laughs> no, but I hope she told yeah, the cop that. I, I mean, don't you just hope for a moment that you can use that? That would have been the moment. I know. It would be the only moment. moment. Like, no, none of us are going to have that kind of moment. No. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's an easy mistake. It really does look like... If you took a picture of her falling into it, that would have been the caption. (laughs) She's the new Cheetos spokesperson. Like, they're like, we got to find this girl. You mean the old Cheetos spokesperson. (laughs) We all know who the new Cheetos spokesperson is. Who? Trump. Oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh my god, I'm he sure does the same like that. <laughs> uh, I'm sure they don't. Speaking of politics, Jacoby. <laughs> oh, nice transition. <laughs> I work yes. on them all Dr. day. Dr. Amp. Dr. Amp. So this is another one that I thought was a really obvious transitional scene because yeah. it's literally the same exact diatribe he delivers in whatever the first episode we see him. So it is just like Okay, get yourself together. Go get your water. Get We're your about to do something out. important. And lo and behold, and then boom, <laughs> just straight cut to. Did you have something to say about Jacoby before we move oh, on? I was just going <laughs> to ask if it's a webcast. I think it's a webcast. Oh, yeah. And but he plays a pre-recorded commercial, right? But if you right. notice his computer screen, it's him. Mm-hmm. Up until that, and then he like does something to that, and then he can press a button. Yeah, yeah you're right. Sits so that back. Was... sits back and watches. Where do you think board. he got all that shit at? So Maybe he just city. found it. Well, he is a he is a <laughs> he was a doctor. doctor. Yeah, he should have some money. Yeah, he was a psychologist. 
It's like a pond of shit, though, that he was in, right? Oh, the pond. Oh, the, the literal pond. shit. Yeah, yeah. literally. Lucas had really good editing, where he just had to be, like, I know. in dirt. But in real life, he probably had to <laughs> fill that with shit, right? Well, he retired I, on his... I just think it's just dirt, not technically shit. Well, <laughs> that's fair. But then he's <laughs> false advertising. Well, <laughs> symbolic of digging. Right. And then Nadine's probably the only one that just bought, like... Bought the shovel. All the shovels. Buys a yeah. shovel a week. It does, yeah. <laughs> does make you wonder if there was ever a town that really needed their therapy it was this one and who are they going to now not that i was oh. ever a fan of jacoby as a therapist oh, yeah, because he was doing such a good job with Laura yeah Palmer. he was like in a way the fact, the fact that she self-medicated was a good sign and i'm like what no there were oh, yeah. so many jacoby malpractice moments in the <laughs> first two seasons it's like right. what are you talking about jacoby? Yeah, a lot of I don't psychiatrists uh, recommend using heroin and cocaine right to, uh, yeah cocaine especially they're like yeah. you know what's gonna really help this situation Self-medicate. <laughs> cocaine right. it's a good it really get you up that's a really good <laughs> sign you're doing great you know what nadine delusionally thinks she's 17 years old let's all go with it let's, that'll be the plan like, he's the worst. But he's found a new career and he's doing good. So, transitional scene because we transition into Audrey Boom. fucking horn. Finally. Where's Audrey? Here she is. Here she is in a room that in an looks... old, old house with a cue ball husband. She's wearing a... She looks very... She looks good, Well though. cared for, rich. Yeah. Like, wearing a glittery black top. Holding a red cape jacket, which we know, if you want to drape yourself in red, you might as well just say, hello, Bob, come get me. Seriously. <laughs> um, Lynch really, like, throws the red at us and is yes. like, pay attention to this. Yeah. It's going to be every fucking where. And, I mean, Sherilyn Fenn does an awesome job does right out the ga- gate. Like, she's just, like, perfect. You can see she's just in super, super hyper distress. Like, she's just, like frustrated and scared and disoriented. You don't know. And what I love about this scene actually is that they really are as opposed to like the Tammy Cole Albert scene where they're spelling everything out really clearly. And they're like, here's our ex. They've dropped us in the middle of a story. No context. And we have no context. They're talking about characters we've never met or we've only heard referenced Right. We don't know really their relationship, her and Charlie, who he says he's her lawfully wedded husband. Charlie's played by um, an actor from Mulholland Drive. He's... Sin City, he was in, because he's got quite a comic book character. Yeah, it's not dwarfism. He's technically not a dwarf. Yeah, it seems like he he did suffer some type of dwarfism. He had like some disease um, where he stopped growing at a yeah. certain yeah. age. He's like five zero or something. Yeah, and yeah. he he does a great job too. I mean, like I I I feel like his um, the way he speaks to her is very clinical, very like lawful. There's a coldness to it, but he's also very. kind of funny. He's like, I'm really tired, Audrey. Like <laughs> it does. He has shades of humor, and what I think makes it such a disturbing scene is that his level of stakes and hers are so vastly different. Like, she is so 
high and keyed up and just like yeah. upset about something. And he's so calm and rational. And he, he mentions a contract that they had. Like right. he would go back on our contract. Like their their marriage has some some sort right. of agreement. Yeah, it feels like an arranged marriage. Some I mean, sort of arranged. Yeah. I mean, you basically got nothing out of that scene. Except for the fact that she was married to this guy yeah. right. via some contract. But but think about like how traditionally the way we tell a story is we you know, we communicate the plot points and the emotion is like layered underneath. In this scene, we don't have any plot points, we don't have any frame of reference. All we have is like emotion and relationship. And it's a really different way of portraying a scene between right, two characters right. that I thought was interesting. I was like And then now we can dive into like she's going to the roadhouse, so we know that she's still in the twin right. area. Yeah, she says yeah. she's yeah, going to the roadhouse. She road wants to find Billy. We don't know who Billy is. Although but she's in love with Billy and she's been she's having fucking sex Billy. With, yeah. And it doesn't seem like that's the first time that Charlie, her will say husband for the sake of argument, yeah. is hearing this information. I mean he either is very chill about it or just this is understood. And I even thought, I mean, there's a lot of theories I have. Like, I've watched it a couple times. Sometimes I think that it's that she's, like, uh, she had some brain damage and she's a patient, actually, and, and he's her doctor. Yeah. And they, like, like Ben, like, arranged for them to get married so she has some care full time. She does seem, she's certainly stressed, but she's also just extremely disoriented. Right. You know, like not the sharp Audrey that we knew when we were watching originally. Like right. she's a little confused. Everyone yeah. lost their kind of weird edge. Yes. 25 years later. So, right. Some of the references she makes, though, makes me think that she's not like, you know in her own mind or like in a mental hospital. No, I think she's but... she is physically where she is, but I just wonder if their relationship is different than what we're jumping to. Like literally, well, like you were yeah. saying before you wouldn't say my brother. Right. In, in like Harry Potter, we you know, like oh, right. I'm a wizard. In right. case you didn't know he says like I'm your law lawfully right. husband. Do you guys ever refer to each other as husband and wife? Like, mm-hmm. you're just in All the time I'm like, Kelly, <laughs> I work lawfully with <laughs> Gross. <laughs> yeah. I, I Don't take that tone you know. with me. <laughs> <laughs> and Kelly will say, let's just call a spade a spade. <laughs> oh my gosh, she does say that. She's let's just call a spade a spade. Yeah. And, and he... It is funny because the exposition points they give us, I feel like are very deliberate. They don't tell us who any of these other characters are. We get reference to Billy, Tina, Paul, and Chuck. Without any idea, other than the fact that she's fucking Billy, Tina was the last person to see Billy. Billy, she had a dream about Billy where he was bleeding from the nose and the mouth, and dreams harbor truth, so that's why she's freaking out. Sometimes hearken at a truth, which she is very like heightened language all of a sudden from her, which I thought was interesting. And uh, Tina is with Chuck then, it seems like. Chuck stole a truck, right? Right, Chuck stole Billy's truck. Who is Paul then? Paul, she threatens him with. So he, because she wants, Audrey wants Charlie to sign some papers 
Otherwise, oh, and the lawyer Paul. And he's well, he might be the lawyer, but oh, okay. Charlie says I want my lawyer to look at it, and she's like, "Let's have Paul take a look. Why don't I bring Paul?" In? And and then he gets Pay like you a visit. Yeah, so I feel like which oh, sounds okay. more like a beat up than right legal document. Oh, all right. <laughs> and then arbitration. When he says you would renege on their on our contract, she says you gave up those rights. So it's like we're getting. We, we literally are just plopped into, like, the pivotal scene in a movie, and we've watched none of the rest of the movie. Right. And it's a, it's a very different way of storytelling. It's very disorienting, especially for, I mean, we love Audrey. We know Audrey. We want, we've I mean. We've waiting for her. Yeah, waiting yeah. for her. Anticipating her. And it's sad. Yeah. It is sad to see her. Like, going through something that we don't know what it is, we don't know what's going on. Like, does she know about Richard? Like, it's just a lot of questions. It's very frustrating. It is, yeah. You've been waiting this whole time. You've been asking, where's Audrey? What's Audrey up to? Right. And then they give you Audrey, but they give you zero information. Right. It's like, (laughs) as if... Not zero, but a very very small... You might say it's bittersweet. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's on purpose, and they're going to build... And even in 13, which we watched but won't podcast about right now... You get more. I think yeah. you get a little bit more. You get a little more understanding. And I'm sure we're going to get further along. But because we get this very distorted where she's like, I hate you. You have no balls. Right. But then she's like, I need you there for my company and protection. Right. And then she won't go without him. Right. And she's she seems like, scared. Like she's standing right. on the threshold with her coat. Old school Audrey would have just stormed the fuck out of there. I mean, right. this is the girl who went to One Eyed Jacks, just like was like to investigate. Like, right. Right. this is not our Audrey. She's, She's scared. Not your FBI agent. I know. She thought she would end up being. I know, and it's sad. It is. It's sad, but I understand. I mean, when you get blown up and you're in a coma, it's gonna fuck with you in some way. So something's wrong with her. Um, and her relationship with Charlie, we don't. I don't fully buy that, like, it's arranged in some way for some reason. Like, and the most logical reason to me right now seems like protection of her because she's not able to care for herself and she needs him. Also, I don't know, I feel like I remembered this in a dream, but they they mentioned Billy in uh, one of the first double R scenes, randomly at the end, someone runs in and says, has anyone seen Billy and just runs out. Oh, we know he's been missing for two days. Episode, right? Yeah. Well, it wasn't the last double R scene, which was... It wasn't the last two, because the last no. one was I like... these written notes were in words, so I could... Control, do a quick search. Control yeah. F. I know, I always want to control F with my eyes, but I can't. Um, yeah, I think I think they referenced Billy. I think okay. someone... Because we, we were like, who's Billy? Like, that's stupid. Because it was out of nowhere, someone right, just runs. Right. It's like a double R scene where they're just kind of hanging at a double R at the end of an episode. Oh, yeah, and then someone yeah. runs in and is like, has anyone seen Billy? And then runs out. I'm like, probably that's Billy. Like, the Billy mm-hmm. that Audrey's talking about. We know he's been missing for two days. Right. I did think one theory, wouldn't it be funny if David Lynch just was lazy and was like, Billy Zane played the character that she's <laughs> into, so we'll just call him Billy. <laughs> Like, and it's just John Justice Wheeler. I mean, that's how we all view him. It's just I know. It's just like Billy, Billy Zane. Billy Zane. Right, yeah. Back. Totally Billy Zane. So it's a, it's a really interesting... I think they both do a great job. There's a lot of, like, restraint, too. I mean, they're both 
the Tina phone call is really good too. So we, the Tina, um, Charlie call, does call Tina and I think they're kind of speaking pretty abstractly and you're only getting like his yeah. point of view, but I think he is learning about Richard at the end of this call and has been told not to tell Audrey and he promises that he won't. And so the, the very end of the scene is Audrey saying, are you going to tell me what she said? And she's getting, and you feel for her. You're like, oh, that would be so frustrating. God. It seems like a pretty good reason for his reaction. Right. Yeah. It's one of them. I'm yeah, like, skeptical. oh, you know, you're very skeptical. Yeah, Melissa you're, does you're not buy. So <laughs> tell us then who you think Richard, who Richard belongs to. If not, I don't Audrey. know, maybe uh, Johnny did something <laughs> with some girl because sometimes he goes rogue and no one can control him. I'm also trying to look through my notes, see if I have anything about the double R and Billy. Ah. So, yeah. Um, I mean, I know it's, it, at this point, I feel like it's almost too obvious. It was that went to town when they were in that. Right. It was Bill and Linda was in the wheelchair. So yeah. it was Bill and Bill Linda. was the kind of Jack Black looking guy. Yeah. yeah. I don't think that's I him. I but, and she said Billy. I swear the guy ran into the double R and said, where's Billy? No, I'm trying to my notes I'm sure we didn't write it because we were probably like, who cares? You know, yeah, like that's cares. nothing. Random, yeah. yeah, but nothing is random. That's why you need a companion podcast. <laughs> um, that's true. Luckily, Kelly has a very good memory for all of this. <laughs> <laughs> well, very good. with the Audrey stuff, I just, I'm trying to grasp, I'm trying to bring the straws together into a picture of something and like understand what's going on. What like is happening with her? You can't yet. I know, I know, and you're not supposed to. But um, of course, other final things. Diane searches the coordinates that she memorized, and it is Dallas, Texas. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's Twin Peaks, you guys! It's Twin Peaks. That's the coordinates. (laughs) It was Twin Peaks. As Pat mentioned while we were watching, like, she has a very good memory because, she does. like, she just flashes to those and then she adds two because right, she like knows how to two. search that I on her know. Google Maps. Yeah, not many people could memorize, like, 20 digits. No. Right no. I So, I have a good memory, but I'm number blind. Mm. Like, I can't remember more than three numbers at a time. Like at conference ID codes, I have to, I'm that person who's like, like literally going back and forth. Oh, everyone's about like ten that times. Though. But I'll remember <laughs> song lyrics from a song I heard once when I was like seven years old. But numbers, I'm just terrible at. <laughs> terrible. So, and I wouldn't know how to Google. I wouldn't know that those would be coordinates. Because I would assume it's a longitude and latitude, which would only be like a few <laughs> Latitude. <numbers>. Latitude. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yes, I'm talking so about. so cute. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I don't even... And I love, too, that the, that Google Maps, Maps has Twin Peaks, like, so clearly. <laughs> yeah. like, it's just like, a major go. city. Zoom in, zoom in, Twin Peaks. Well, it is 51,201. It's 50,000. So, it's a big, yeah. It's a pretty big, uh, it's a pretty big city. Um, final things, we go to the Bang Bang Bar and, again, are dropped into the middle of a conversation. This time, 
I feel less effectively. Yeah, this to- this scene totally loses me. I mean, I think the first time... It was a weird time, way to end... Yeah. I mean, after you've watched it, yeah. you just realized, I mean, you get nothing out of it. There's certainly not that as... Yeah. Come into play later, but it just... Maybe, maybe. Right. They're certainly right. not as off-putting as the last two girls talking. Right. The one who had the, the one like, was rash. Like, oh, scratching right, we, you that, know, methy girl. The That's meth a good girl, point. Yeah. Who was the guy who came in that... Trick or Trump? Trick. Trick. Was he another ginger? How come every guy is a ginger? He had, essence, he had essence of ginger. Essence of ginger. Essence, but, but I don't think he was. Okay. I really enjoyed him because he came in. He had a lot of energy. What was his story again? He hey. just wanted some beer. He almost got <laughs> killed on the highway. Right. Like, he was run off the road. A uh, farmer had to pull him out. And then he's like, I just really need a beer. You guys need one? Yeah, you need one. You need one? Okay, cool. Yeah, I just thought it was very good polite. Friend. Yeah, where good he's like, "All right, nice. I'm just gonna buy this rum." Okay, cool. I just really need a beer. Ggg. Right oh, but uh, definitely. What was interesting though is that he put his hand out and was shaking, right. just like you know, like Coops and Dougie uh, and Coops Dougie and, and Coops, Gordon. Yeah. I I think probably the purpose of that whole scene was to tell us that shit is going down in Twin Peaks in general. Because we're getting all these different acts of random yeah. violence and chaos that are, it's like framing the story with this like, oh, it's not just these central characters. It's all these peripheral characters are having these crises. meltdown yeah, crises moments. Because yeah. right. so, where's Angela? She didn't show. Right. Clark didn't show, but they were making out. Right. Clark's Which is the lust. It's like now. the, it's the, the pleasures and the fear are the two drivers of the dark whatever the black, the black lodge. lodge so i think yeah it's it's like the it's it is like the ghostbusters thing it's like the <laughs> space between worlds is is becoming thinner and things yeah. are seeping through or something oh yeah yeah <laughs> ghosts are coming through. yeah so i think i think that's what that scene is about and it, it does feel like a distraction though like to try and kind of i don't know muddle your brain to forget the important things that you might have learned from the previous scenes Especially right. because we've all seen the next episode and right. there's nothing relevant. So you're supposed yeah. to take that randomness and just yeah. hang on to it for a future what? episode? No, it's I, mean, like I don't a... know if you saw a fire walk with me, but yes. Yeah. yes. To take for all... a future like 25 years later. Like episode. Right. Season two. We'll it. save that one for season two. I know. Two. I'll be, those will be our so kids. Like... will be not even podcasting. They'll just be having their thoughts streamed through a chip to everyone else's chip. Into a thought crystal. <laughs> right. And we'll know why Angela didn't take her meds then. Right. Day. That'll be the big central plot point. I do feel like the Angela is off her meds now. She's on the edge. She's losing it. That feels like a checkoff gun. Like, it's just like, here's someone that might lose it later on. It's just, it goes back to like... The very lynchy, there's all of these tangents going on, and how many of them are going to be like mill theory? How many are <laughs> going to be like, oh, there's this whole cocaine ring going right. on? Because keep in mind, there's also this giant drug dealer who's Shelly's right. dating, who Bobby's so trying to go after. To like, cover. there's so much things to only go over, and like, what is it? Six episodes? I know. Like, it's a lot. Things are going to be shortchanged, for sure. I mean, at this point, we know. There's no way to tie up everything, which 
that's not ever the goal. It's not about tying everything into neat packages, but... I would like to get some closure. Closure would be nice. I oh, never... You won't get closure. You won't get so much... You'll get some closure in Twin right. Peaks. Yeah. There better be something. <laughs> we'll get something. We'll get something. We'll get... Andy and Lucy will always be together. That's Don't get your to hopes up. <laughs> you become cynical and hard bitten. Yeah, so, so we'll hard. see. Thirteen, by the way, listeners, is really kind of a partner episode to twelve, so you'll definitely want to <laughs> tune in for that. Meanwhile, 